2020, episode 142. Have 2020 vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, Ray Eaton here, the host that brings you the news, the related events, those things that are going on for the 2020 election. Thank you so much for coming out and listening today. It is Friday and we are heading towards the weekend. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness. In South Carolina, man, it has been hot this week. Hotter than can be. And I was driving down the road earlier today and it was like 106 degrees and I was thinking thanking God that I saw some clouds up ahead and it was starting to rain and so forth. They went from like 106 degrees down to about 85 degrees just for that period of time. And now it's starting to creep back up and everything. Uh, 91 degrees right now. And uh, hopefully it'll cool down tonight, but it's been pretty rough, man. It's been hot. Global warming is just killing us, you know. Uh, that's what they're all saying anyway, I'm sure. But you know what? These are these heat waves that come through during, during summertime. I remember a couple of years ago, we had like a whole week where it was 104, 105 degrees. The heat indexes were like 106, 107, and it was terrible. That's the southeast for you, though, man. And if you've ever lived here, I said it yesterday, if you ever lived here, uh, you know the humidity and the heat that just come during the summertime. But the, the fall and the spring is always great, and the and the winters are always mild, so that's good. I love cold weather, though. I love skiing. I love snowboarding. I love being out uh, outside during the winter and doing snow sports and so forth. Uh, I enjoy that stuff. So maybe I should be moving up to New Hampshire soon, or I, I would never move to Vermont, the, the great socialist utopia of vermont i don't think i could do it. although it is a very beautiful state absolutely beautiful gorgeous going through all the little small towns and so forth uh maybe i should move to alaska or canada or something i don't know but uh but anyway here i am south carolina is hot and uh but i got a good show for you guys today i do appreciate you coming out and listening i was gonna be talking about the congress how they passed yesterday through this bill that would raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. That's what I was going to talk about today. So bear with me. Just uh, if you can, though, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Say that every single day. Subscribe to the show. It's your first time listening. And if you really like what you hear, give me that five-star rating. And if you even like your hear even more than most people, give me a review. Five-star ratings and reviews are very helpful to me. And I'll go ahead and read your review on the show every single time I get when I've, I've read them all. So I appreciate those that listen, and especially those that give me those five-star ratings and reviews. And uh, IonTheEmpire.com is where you can find me as well as I on the Empire. If you search me on Facebook and Twitter and on Minds.com, I'm there as well. And if you want to go ahead and drop me a little note, you can do that right at IonTheEmpire.com, all right? Uh, so let's hop right into the show. Uh, so... Imagine you're a store owner, right? And you're 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 at the mall. Let's say you're just a store owner at the mall. And you got a shirt, a store that only sells shirts. That's it, just shirts. Polo shirts, t-shirts, luxury shirts, uh, you know, V-neck white t-shirts, that Hanes brand or whatever. And all of a sudden the the mall owner says to you, "You know what? Actually, he says that every single store in the entire mall, there's now a floor on the price that you're allowed to charge for shirts. 
you the minimum amount that you can charge for a shirt is fifteen dollars. You're like, oh great, oh great. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, sell these white V-neck Hanes T-shirts for fifteen bucks. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's gonna be so great. But then you start noticing that all those V-necks they just sit there. Everyone's going for your polo shirts. They're buying all your, you know, your Under Armour shirts and so forth. Like that. That's the only thing they're buying. They're only buying shirts that they feel like the value of it is fifteen dollars. Because that's just that's the mentality that people have, right? And you were thinking to yourself in your mind, like, man, all these shirts that I bought for two bucks, and I would normally have sold them for like four or five bucks or six bucks, but now I'm going to make fifteen dollars off them. That's going to be great. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be rich. I'm only going to invest in these two dollar shirts. I'm only going to sell Hanes T-shirts because, shoot, I'm going to make fifteen dollars off of these things, man. That's what you were thinking, but. Then you start, then, you know, you invest all this money in all these things. Then all of a sudden people don't, they won't buy your t-shirts. They just won't spend $15 for them. So then you start to, you start to catch on. You're like, man, I guess I better start buying some better quality shirts, some Under Armour shirts, shirts that people are going to buy. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go out and buy those shirts, right? You're going to start buying some nice polo shirts, ones that are around 50, that that, that can sell for $15. You start figuring it out. What's going to sell for $15? That's what you're thinking. That's what you start investing in. Slowly you stop buying those white t-shirts. You're like, I can't make any money off of these things, man. Every time I buy them, no one buys them. Because they're just not the quality that I want. They're not what I like. They're not what people want. But these button-down shirts that are selling for 50 bucks, these nice polo shirts that are selling for 30 bucks, those are the ones that are selling really well. The Under Armour shirts, the the fake Under Armour shirts that you get, you, you're, you're selling them for nineteen ninety nine. You found some really good quality shirts that are like twelve bucks that you bought them for, and you're able to sell those for like fifteen bucks, sixteen ninety nine. And there you are. You're starting to figure out the business model that's going to work in this environment where the lowest price shirt you're allowed to charge is or sell for is fifteen dollars. So what happens is uh, a few little stands set up out front of the mall that start selling some t-shirts, right? The mall owners are not happy about this. That There's this black market going on for shirts that are less than $15 outside the mall because people are at the mall. I mean, they want to buy these shirts for 6 bucks, these these t-shirts for 5 bucks. They want to buy a wife beater for a couple bucks, but they just can't find it at the mall. So these people, they set up these sh- these little you know stands outside there. There's this guy that has this trunk full of them, and people are going up to him and they're buying them there. There's like a little black market kind of in the parking lot of this mall for these shirts, you know, because there's still demand for them, but the mall owners demand it. They said, "No, you're not going to sell shirts for less than fifteen dollars in my mall." That's what they said. Does that sound familiar to you guys? With this whole idea that the stupid idiots in Congress are trying to pass, there's still going to be a demand for $6 an hour labor. There's still a demand for $7 an hour. There's still a demand for $12 an hour labor. There's even a demand for $2 an hour labor in America. There is. But you're not allowed to have that labor on the white market. You're only allowed to sell those shirts for $15 an hour. 
You're only allowed to hire somebody for $15 an hour. That's what Congress is saying. But it doesn't mean the demand goes away. So what happens? The the employers start innovating at that point, right? Just like the business owner. He went out and found shirts that he can sell and make a profit off of at $15 that would actually sell, that there would be a demand for. That's what he ended up doing. That's what happens to the employers. They're going to try to figure out a way to still get $15 get $15 worth of labor out of their employees. How are they going to do that? By making them more productive. That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to innovate. They're going to automate. They're going to automate the system in order to be able to pay somebody $15 an hour so they could do $15 an hour worth of work. But there's still that demand for that $6 an hour worker. But that person ends up going into the black market and getting paid cash. If they if the if the employer can't afford to just pay him cash or doesn't want to do business with that person under the table, then they're gonna figure out a way to still stay open, or they're gonna have to close their shut. They're gonna have to shutter their business because there's a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. Those are negative externalities. Those are unintended consequences of a $15 minimum wage that will happen. So Congress passed this whole thing. This is a charade, though, guys. They passed this thing yesterday, $15 an hour minimum wage. That's what they were talking about. It passed like 240 votes to, I don't know, let's say 196 or something like that. I think there was four Republicans that voted for it and four Democrats that voted against it. But this was political pandering at its highest. It's the same scenario that happened... When Barack Obama was in office and they had a Republican House, the Republican House and the Republican Senate would pass the Obamacare Repeal Act. Like every four or five months they would pass it, right? And every time it would hit Obama's desk and he would sign it, or he would not sign it, he would veto it, and then it would never get passed. And as soon as the Demo- or the Republicans have the House, the Senate, and the Republican in office, Donald Trump, they can't pass anything like that. But it's the same thing that the Democrat that the Republicans did, where they were just doing it to have themselves on the record as a show, so they can go back to their constituency back home and say, "Look at me! I voted to repeal Obamacare. I'm on the record saying that I did. So donate to my campaign, get me reelected because I was against Obamacare, and you guys are too, right?" And that's what the Democrats are doing. They are going back to their constituency now saying, look at these Republicans, they're terrible, they're against the worker. Because they do not want to vote for a $15 minimum wage. That's what they were doing. So they're going to go back and say, vote for me, donate to my campaign. And you know what, Kamala Harris is for this and so is Bernie Sanders. So donate to his campaign as well. And Bernie Sanders has his hands raised saying, yes, I've been fighting for 15 for years now. And here I am. Vote for me. Donate to my campaign because I'm for it. Because I voted for it. That's what they're doing. They're all just on record. They're political pandering by doing this. Because they know it's not going to go to Donald Trump's desk. It's not going to get to the Senate. If it did get to the Senate, Donald Trump will veto it. And then it goes back to the House and they're not going to have enough votes. 60% of the vote. They're not going to have that. When it hits the... They know that that's not the case. Now, this, this particular vote 
was for $15 an hour, right? I started reading this article about this vote, and it said that the C- the Congressional Budget Office did a study on three levels of a minimum wage. A $10 minimum wage, a $12 minimum wage, and a $15 minimum wage. Those were the three studies. They said the $10 minimum wage would do a little bit less damage to the economy than the $12 minimum wage would, and vice versa for the $15 minimum wage. So they said that in the situation of a $15 minimum wage, you would have 1.8 million less jobs than there are today. 1.8 million. I think they said that that was almost 1% of all jobs in America will go away if they passed a $15 minimum wage. That's not even talking about the people that are going to get less hours. I mean, it's been shown in, in Seattle that a $15 minimum wage caused people to get less hours worked. Instead of working 40 hours a week, they were cut back to 30 hours a week. They would only be able to come in during the busiest times of the day. That less employers would employ people. That there was less jobs. That happened in Seattle. It'll happen nationwide now because of that. I'm okay with Seattle doing that. That's for people in Seattle to fight over, right? If they want to try to get rid of the $15 minimum wage. California, I think they're talking about raising their minimum wage to $15 an hour. I think there's a law that's passed as well. That's fine. California can fight that. Mark Clare, go ahead and fight that over and over there in California. Mark Clare from the Lions of Liberty. Like, they'll fight that. That's fine. That's for you guys to fight. I'm in South Carolina. A $15 minimum wage in, the, in one of the poorest states in the country? That'll destroy this state. In Mississippi and in Alabama? That's not going to help the people in those states. That's going to cause McDonald's to put kiosks up that'll, that people can order. They're going to eliminate the cashier position completely. They'll figure out ways to eliminate the burger flipper position completely. They'll automate the fryers. You'll walk up, you'll push a couple buttons, and poof, your burger, your Big Mac value meal will come out on a platter with no person ever speaking to you ever in that situation. And I don't know if it'll be that extreme, but it'll be close, guys, because McDonald's has figured out ways to automate, and they will continue to figure out ways to automate the process exponentially faster than they are now. But the small mom-and-pop burger shop across the street, they're not going to be able to figure out how to innovate that fast. They're not going to have the capital to do it. They're just going to have to hire less employees, put out less of a quality product. Or they're going to have to put out a better product. They're going to have to go from t-shirts, white t-shirts, to selling the polo shirts. They're going to have to figure out a way to put out a quality, a product that's going to be much better that people are going to demand. They're going to pay more for because of that. So the prices, the average prices of things are going to go up because there's a higher labor cost. Now we live in a we live in a country now. We live in a world now where you can innovate your way out of these things. But do you want people to innovate their way? Do you want businesses to innovate their way out of hiring people? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm generally okay with that in some ways, but not because the government decided to pass a $15 minimum wage. I think that is a terrible reason. That is an unintended consequence of a government regulation. When a business decides, you know what, it's gonna, it's not going to be profitable for me to keep hiring people, so i got to figure out a way to still produce a Big Mac. 
I got to figure out how to still produce a large pizza with two employees instead of five. That's what they're going to have to do. It's just the way it is. Just like the shop owner in the mall, he starts to figure it out. Well, I can't, I, I can't just invest in a bunch of white t-shirts, man. Because they're not going to sell. No one thinks they're worth 15 bucks. The employee is that cost. That's, that's the s- same situation just with t-shirts, right? An employee that's worth $7 an hour, they're not going to hire a bunch more of them. They're going to stop hiring them at all. At all. And it said it. The Congre- Congressional Budget Office said it. 1.8 million jobs will go away. 1% of the workforce will go away when they do that. Now, I've done a show on this in the past. You look at it. The minimum wage is paid to, I don't know, I think it's it's less than 1.8 million people. Let's just say that. And I did the show on this. And most of those people, I think it was like 72 or 75% of those people were like under 25. Maybe under 30. The vast majority of those people are first-time job. That's their first job when they're getting paid seven fifty an hour. Very few otherwise. So when you're looking at somebody that's making seven fifty an hour, it's not a mother with four kids. Most likely, that's not the case. It's not a single mom trying to make ends meet, like the politicians want you to think. Now, a living wage, that's what they talk about. We want to get everyone a, a living wage, so $15 an hour is that number. But what's a living wage of $8 an hour when you, or $0 an hour? You're not going to have... It's going to be... That's your choices, pretty much. $8 an hour or $0 an hour. If you're for the $15 minimum wage, then you're for getting rid of $8 an hour jobs for $0 an hour jobs for more dependency on government, for more handouts, for more welfare. I'm for $2 an hour if you want to pay it to somebody, if someone's willing to do it. Because at least that person is getting job experience. I'm for $0 an hour if somebody's willing to do it, volunteering your time, doing an internship. You're getting paid, or you're getting unpaid experience in an industry that you otherwise might not have been able to get your foot into. All of a sudden you put an internship in, you're working for $0 an hour for six months. All of a sudden you have your foot in the door in a company where you can make $50,000 per year. I'm for that. These politicians just want to be do-gooders. That's all they want to do is just they want to be do-gooders. They want to seem like they care about the little guy when there's unintended consequences and they know it. I don't know how they don't understand that. Oh, they have every study in the world that says that that's not the case, but it is the case. There's economic facts that say even the CBO or the Congressional Budget Office said it. 1.8 million dollars gone or 1.8 million jobs gone if they decide to do that. But they still voted for it. So the headline should not be Republicans hate workers. Republicans hate people that make less than $15 an hour. It should be Democrats want to fire 1.8 million people, basically. I mean, it's not a Republican and Democrat thing, man, because both parties are to blame for all of the back and forth and all the bad policies throughout the entire 20th century and into the 21st century. It's both parties. I am not saying the Democrats are wrong and the Republicans are right. In this case, the Republicans are taking a stand that's a good thing, 
it's a it's an absolutely good thing that they're taking a stand. It's an absolute good thing that we have a division of power within our government so that the Congress can't just pass something and it becomes law. That somehow it can be stopped at the Senate and then at the presidency if need be. That is a good thing. And hopefully that's the case, guys. Hopefully this thing doesn't go much further. I think this, though, $15 an hour, they just voted on that. Now what they're going to say is, all right, so we have 230 votes. How do we get to 270? Should we just go and vote for a $10 minimum wage? And then we'll get enough votes in Congress and, or in the House and in the Senate, and then it goes to Donald Trump's desk? Is that what they're going to do? I think that, that's, that that could be the next step in the process, is vote for something completely extreme and then go down a little bit. Because they are in, an, in a game of inches. The Democrats, the Republicans both, they're all in a game of inches, right? They want to move the statist agenda forward slowly. The Republicans on their things, increasing the state through the military, increasing the state as much as they can. The Democrats, the same thing. They're all just looking to get a little bit more and more every single time. And they do it. They continue to do that. And that's what they're going to do. So I, get, I bet you within like six months or so, there's some kind of vote on like $10. Like, hey, let's just meet in the middle somewhere then. It's seven fifty now. Let's go for 12 Let's go for 10 So the $15 minimum wage, this is what this is what the plan is. They're going to institute it until 2025. So they have six years that they're going to initiate this $25 or this $15 minimum wage. They have six years to do it. It's like every year they'll raise it by a buck or two. <clears throat> and then ultimately they have $15 minimum wage. You know what that tells me? It gives all of the businesses out there six years to figure out how to in- innovate and automate their way out of this thing, man. That's all it's doing. And who's going to have the access to the capital to make that happen? Not the mom and pop shops, not the smaller businesses, not some of the weaker large businesses like a JC Penney's or something like that. But the Walmarts, the Amazons, the large corporations that we all hate in the first place, right? Because they get all these tax credits and all this other stuff. All the Democrats, they hate that stuff. But it's a benefit to them. It's, it's something that's going to benefit the corporate CEOs who are going to be able to hedge up the competition, man. They're going to be able to say, I'm putting these people out of business because I can afford to pay people $15 an hour in the meantime. And by the way, I'm going to go ahead and automate myself out of this in the first place because I'm going to have the capital to do it. That's what's going to happen. And then the smaller businesses or the medium-sized business or even the, the corporations that are on unsolid footing, they're going to slowly go out of business because of this stuff. That's just the way it is. It's the unintended consequence of a $15 minimum wage, of the government meddling in the affairs of the of the people, in the affairs of the economy. Stay out of it. That's what they need to do. But all of the Democrats that are running for office right now, that are running for their particular, you know, for presidency, they're all on board with this stuff. They don't understand economics. They don't understand it. Or if they do understand it, they just hold their ears and close their eyes and act like they don't understand it. I don't know. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to buy votes, guys. That's it. The minimum wage, that's a terrible... I mean, I like I said, I'm against the minimum wage in the first place. Any type of minimum wage. People should be able to work for what they want to work for. 
I mean, I think my first job as a kid, I was, I mean, it was a black market job. It was a, I, my mom, I was in fifth grade. She takes me down to a laundromat and she's like, yeah, my son wants to get a skateboard. Can you give this kid a job? So this guy pretended I was his son and he basically let me work for him. And I think he's paid me like a buck 50, maybe buck 75 an hour. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I worked my butt off. I would work like 10 hour days sometimes trying to make sure that I had enough money to buy my skateboard. And I was so happy after that, man. I was, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, but I was my, I mean, obviously I was what 11 years old at the time. That's a terrible thing for my mother to do, to be honest with you, but I got my skateboard. Hey, but anyway, um, people that are of age, if you're 15, 16 years old and you want to go down to the corner store and get a job, or you want to go down to the local restaurant and get a job and you walked in there and they said, well, yeah, I could pay you four bucks an hour to bust tables or three bucks an hour to bust tables. Then you should be able to do it. There should be no government bureaucrat telling you no. There should be no congressperson saying, nope, that's not enough. It's got to be $15 an hour for your first job. Now you're going to have no first jobs for kids if that happens. There's going to be no such thing as a first job anymore because $15 an hour is, an is a job for somebody with experience under their belt. Now, ultimately, inflation is going to catch up to the $15 an hour wage, and then it'll go away in the first place. But what they were going to do is they were going to try to tie it to inflation or tie it to the median national average income or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But if they did that, then there's really going to be no such thing as a first job. It's going to be devastating to the economy what these idiots in Congress want to do. Absolute crazy. Absolute pandering to the fight for 15 people. The fight for 15 people? I mean, all those jobs are going to go away. That's just the way it is. I mean, that, and that's fine. I, if, 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 if it gets innovated away, that's a good thing. If you could go down to McDonald's and buy a Big Mac value meal for a dollar fifty because there's no labor involved in that thing from the very production process to the potato fields down to the burger being served to you then that's a good thing that makes everyone better off it makes it so that you can go to the store and get stuff a lot cheaper that's fine but then again, it does not need to be the federal government that mandates this stuff out of existence because there's going to be people that are going to hurt from this. 1.8 million people with less jobs, with no job. 1.8 million people. That's not 1.8 million people like you and me, most likely. That's not 1.8 million people that are on a salaried position. That's not 1.8 million people who are making 18 to $20 an hour as an electrician. That's 1.8 million people that are the most vulnerable people in America. And I feel sorry for those people because those are the people that are going to starve. They're gonna, those are the people that are going to go hungry. Those are going to be the people that are going to be less happy in their lives. Those 1.8 million people are going to be less likely to go out and buy stuff. Less likely to progress to a 15 to 20 hour, $20 an hour job because they can't get into that type of field because they can't get experience. That's going to be kids running the streets that are 18 and 19 years old that can't get jobs because no company can afford to hire those people with no experience for their first job. So you're going to lead more drug use, more drug dealing, more crime. Negative externalities. Unintended consequences, guys. 
keep that in mind, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Uh, I appreciate you listening. I do. I get passionate about this stuff, but the reason why is because this government, I mean, government is not the answer to our problems. Take a libertarian stance on these things. Tell your friends that, that, that this is a crazy idea, that we have a chance now when these Congress people are going for a $15 minimum wage, we have a chance to tell our friends about the negative impact of a minimum wage in the first place and especially a $15 minimum wage we have the ability to get out there and tell our friends about those things and let them know that there is a better way freedom among men if you want to go work for $10 an hour you can if you want to work for $8 an hour you can if your kid wants a first job let him go get one but don't just use this opportunity to tell your friends about it that's what we can do this is a golden opportunity for us to spread the message of liberty so get out there and do that guys all right and then come back on monday and you'll have clear vision for 2020